But right now, I'm really, really excited for this one and really impressed that uh, Pesty Louie has done his work. Well, the British have done a good job claiming Baz. Yep, that's Brendan McCullum as of late, and fair enough too. He's not the first Kiwi lad they have accepted and adored on the sporting stage, though. And no, I'm not talking about Ben Stokes either. Cam Norrie is the one that got away. A Kiwi tennis junior who, due a lack of foresight, is now plying his trade under the Union Jack. And boy, is he doing them proud. A Wimbledon semi-final this year made it one he won't be forgetting. And now up to 14th in the world when he returns to play in the ASB Classic in Auckland next month. It'll be a true homecoming for one of the tournament's marquee players. But being a good Kiwi lad at heart, Cam, yes, Kiwi lad at heart, Cammy boy, has made himself available this morning for Yamathasa at SCNZ. Morning, Cam. How's it going, mate? How's it going, guys? Very good. And yourself? Oh, we're very good, mate. We're really appreciative that you, you come in on our show and, and have a wee chat to, mate, chat to us. What's, what's the year been like, mate? It's been pretty incredible what you've been able to achieve. Yeah, thanks, man. It's been pretty full on, you know. If, uh, this this uh, this life's not easy, you know. A lot of travel, but I'm loving it. It's been a, a lot of fun, and and yeah, it's it's a pretty addicting, pretty addicting lifestyle for sure. Hey, Cam, has any part of your game gone to another level this year to give you that success? Um, yeah, I think just in general, you know, after playing at this level with all these boys. Uh, after a couple of years and just getting a little bit more mature on the tour and, and like kind of knowing yourself a bit better and and kind of learning from mistakes and everything, I think over the last few years in general, I've improved a lot. And and um, I think kind of like my baseline game has just improved a lot. And I think it's given me a lot of confidence. And yeah, most of all, just enjoying my tennis and and. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a sick year again, and, and cool to back up um, twenty twenty one as well. Hey, we're so excited to see you coming back here to New Zealand, the ASB Tennis Classic, the marquee signing, marquee player that's going to be there. I'll be there to support you, but mate, do, do you have any thoughts of what if, what what might have been if you stayed down under here in New Zealand? Do you, do you ever think back to that big decision? you made and it's the right decision don't get me wrong to head over overseas but what it might have been like if you stayed yeah it's a, it's a really interesting one you know i was uh 16 or 15 or 16 and and i was starting to, to play better when i was in the juniors you know winning winning some matches and, and improve my ranking and i was actually practicing with uh, marina rakovic who was a former number one woman's player and and i was asking her look i have this opportunity to to switch to the UK what 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 do you reckon I should do and she's like oh, hands down like you, you should switch and and she didn't get that much support and you know for me and obviously where, where New Zealand is it's so difficult you know as, as being based out there and and to be um, playing out there would, would have been tough you know I, I don't know yeah. I, I made a lot of good contacts in the UK and, and I set up a good base there and, and had a lot of good coaches and good support, but I had a really good foundation in New Zealand and, and I think it really, I think I got a lot of toughness from from training there and, and, and I obviously won a lot of matches there, which gave me a, like a lot of confidence as a junior, but yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one, you know, it would have been... I would, I would have been. I always think about that sometimes. You know, if I would have stayed and, and played for under the Kiwi flag and and been based there, obviously it would have been 
a little bit more tricky with the travel wise and and i don't know where i would actually end up facing myself but um yeah there's a lot of lot of question marks and a lot of thoughts if i if i didn't but for, for sure i i was happy with my decision and and i um, there was no looking back and and i um yeah it's been i got pretty fortunate to to kind of be in the the position that i am in now hey so what what is the difference mate like you know you get to that part of your career where you're you're talking to marina you go right i'm going to head up to england and and take that chance as a 16 year old what why do you think that they didn't um help you with that decision down uh, this part of the country where we could, could have kept you under the kiwi flag yeah, they actually like at the time uh, they offered me like a a package. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was like a I don't know some kind of funding, and and it was just it was just tough in general not to for me. I wanted to base myself around uh, the best players in the world, and that's in Europe, you know. And you and you you got to play matches. You got to play against the best guys in the world, even as a junior. Otherwise, you have almost no chance. So. Um, it, it was more over and above the the kind of funding side of things, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just really tricky. And and um, I ended up going to college in the states as well, so I even had a, a bit more time to spare. And and um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think the, the biggest factor was playing a lot of matches in in uh, in Europe and being based there is was the biggest thing but it was not easy for me you know kind of leaving New Zealand leaving all my friends there and and going to live like a completely tennis focused life I was like obviously playing a lot in Bucklands Beach there and and growing up at that club there and and practicing with in Merton Road with my coach James Greenhow and everything was was pretty comfortable please please yeah, we might have just lost Cam there for a second. Oh, we, we see this, no. this this does happen time for time, but we should be able to get him back. He is a, it's he's funny straight back. Hopefully he's there in just a wee bit, but it's um it's funny with like he is as Kiwi as they come, and he's actually born in South Africa, which is the interesting thing. You can kind yeah. of hear that I little can hear mi- that South, mix of yeah. an accent. South African Kiwi twang. It's all coming through. Yeah, mate. It's 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 obviously a devastating for for kiwis and you just can't really i know we're going to talk about it more later on the show how this happened but um mate, he's he's made peace with that decision i know he thinks about it lots and you can hear it in his voice but park that decision and, and i want to know about what's life like for cam norrie now up there in the uk his life has changed dramatically since that wow wimbledon where he was a real underdog. No one really knew too much about Cam Norrie. He does what he does. He gets to the semi-final. He's playing against Novak Djokovic, <laughs> you know, one of the greatest of all time. So life has changed dramatically for Cam Norrie. And, you know, I really want to know that journey to get there up in the UK and, and what was involved and the resources that were, that were at his disposal um, up there in the UK to help him continuous duty because it's not ideal I can be like hearing the story that it's probably unachievable down here you know we are so far down under and we we compete on the world stage in many sports but with tennis you'd think there's a genuine pathway is it an excuse yeah look I, I think um there was that was the interesting part for me is he that he got to to 16 and decided well I've got to make that change and head up to the states to go to college um 
maybe signed for a bigger country that's actually supporting tennis. But you, you look at you look at it um, in a pretty insular way. If you don't think that Sport New Zealand, Sport New Zealand, high performance Sport New Zealand, especially a sport like tennis, which is um, on all accounts, got you know, it's not the cheapest sport to be playing. Would have that type of support if we did have a kid that came through because we don't have that many. I remember I, I listened to Marina Arakovic talk um, and talk about her whole life as a tennis player and just you know, people. She was saying, you know, people think this is a really glamorous sport, but I'm in and out of hotels all the time. You know, I get a I get a little bit of downtime. I, I very rarely get a chance to come back to New Zealand to see my family, and I've got to keep playing and trying to get through tournaments and and earn money. You know, I think she said, unless you're in the top 25, you you you're barely breaking even going around on the tour. So um, breaking into, I guess, the top. 20 positions, and especially in men's tennis, means that you are starting to um, make a living. I think when he reflects on it, that decision, you know, as a young kid, is he too? Because you think, man, I had to make this decision when I was young. I I had really good advisors. I've gone away and done it, and now I'm in the top 20. Like for a New Zealand, like even if we are claiming him as a New Zealander, you know, he's mentioned Bucklands Beach and Merton Park as the places where he trained and played. Um, of course we, we're going to claim him as our own because this is where he developed. Yeah. This is a grassroots um, place where he grew up as mates and all that sort of stuff. And when we see him on that stage, whack around. I'm so glad he's coming back here, mate. We get the chance to see him at the ASB Classic. Um, a very, uh, I, I guess, another opportunity in sport that we've missed, especially in a sport, you know, I, I think of the Chris Lawses. Well, yeah, what a what a generation that was, mm. and the funny thing about uh, Cam is that, and we're hopefully just going to get him back in a wee bit. Is that he's this is actually we've seen this train coming for a long time, especially the Matt Browns and David Longs, the tennis journalists. They've been talking about Cam Norrie for years now mm. because he's been on that stage, but he's hit twenty seven and he's hit a different point in his career where something's clicked with him. He's addicted to that lifestyle. And he's um, become a, a player who's, well, he's on that top level. And I think we got Cam back on the line. Morning, mate. Sorry yeah. about sorry, sorry about, about that. that. How you going? Yeah, all good. Well, I don't know if that was me or you, but all good. Back. Oh, it's all. We, we haven't paid our phone bill. Sorry, brother. Appreciate you, <laughs> uh, you staying in it, staying strong, mate. Look, let's park that uh, part of your life when you made that decision. Let's talk about life now for Cam Norrie up in the UK and the journey that has been for the last couple of years to where you are now, mate. Talk us through that. What's life like for Cam Norrie right now? Yeah, man, it's uh, pretty pretty crazy, honestly. It's, it's busy, you know, like uh, it was a pretty full-on year, you know, obviously traveling the whole year. I only had a couple of weeks rest. and But, yeah, I love it. You know, I love the lifestyle. I love the, the travel and, and the, the competing, and, and it's such an addicting kind of lifestyle of you know exactly kind of where you are uh, in the world in terms of your ranking and how good you are at your your occupation so it's I, I really like it and it's been a it's been a lot of fun you know and and um yeah I think that for me as, as well it's just the beginning of of this and there's a lot of things good things that come with the, the tennis and but there's also a lot of difficult things but I'm, I'm really enjoying it and I can't uh, I'm, I'm literally. I've, it was a dream of mine to be a pro player and and to be travelling like this is, is sick, you know. Man, let's, let's let's talk about that big moment in your career, the Wimbledon semi final. Look, a little birdie 
reckons you might have been a little bit worse for wear post that wee interview. Um, tell us about the celebrations uh, after that Wimbledon semi-final. Yeah, it was it was, a, it was an interesting <laughs> one because um, actually one of my friends uh, who actually got me this, this interview, Rhett, he said like, uh, I think it was after the, the, the second or third round, he's like, all right, man, if, if you make semi-finals, I'm going to fly over from New Zealand. And I was like, all right, deal. And he, he made it. And after I won the quarterfinals, I remember going on uh, straight away. I, I walked off the court. I'd just finished. And I FaceTimed him straight away. I said, all right, mate, you coming? Like, you're going to put your balls on the table and, and do it? <laughs> and and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm coming. I'm doing it. I said, wow, it's some effort to do that, you know? And then... Um, yeah, I think he, I think he arrives. The the semi against Djokovic was on Friday, Friday afternoon, like perfect, perfect conditions, perfect day. And I look up and I actually hadn't seen him because he arrived just that day. And I was warming up uh, against Djokovic, and I look up and I see Rhett there, and he looked absolutely cooked from this flight, like already <laughs> completely, completely done already. I was like, wow, it's, it's a joke effort, and. <laughs> yeah, I ended up obviously losing, losing in four sets, and and uh, we ended up going out st- straight from the straight from the match, and and um, yeah, it was an insane weekend. I don't think Rhett slept at all, and then he flew, he flew back. Uh, we ended up seeing Pearl Jam on the Saturday, and then Duran Duran on the Sunday. It was like a British summertime festival, so it was, uh, it was a good time, and then. Literally, it was like Friday he was there, and we both blinked, and then he was like, man, i got to go to Heathrow to go to the airport. I'm flying back. I said, wow. <laughs> I said, wow, man. What an effort. Real. That's a, what an effort. And, yeah. and I think for me, that was like an absolute true true mate, you know, to, to come and do that trip. And then and then I was like missing him that following week. I was like, mate, how, how tough is it at work right now? He's like, oh, my God, struggling right now. <laughs> Um, so good to hear. So good to so good to hear, Cam. And, and just on saying that, when you got your mates that you know travel halfway around the world to to come and enjoy that um, that tournament with you, what about coming back here to the ASB Classic? You must be pretty pumped to get back down here in, in front of uh, what I consider your home crowd. Yeah, I'm so so pumped. Obviously, went to that that tourney as a kid and watched all the the players there, and was always wanting to to be playing at that event, and then. Obviously, with COVID, it hasn't been a tourney for the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, uh, so I'm really excited to, to be back. And obviously, uh, a couple of years ago, I made the final there. So it'll be nice to to lift the trophy in my hometown and, and um, go one more and go one further. Awesome. Let's I, I talk about a, this year. Sorry to, sorry to interrupt. I just have a, a special guest uh, that wants to say hi. Oh. You've got Nick Kyrgios right here in, in Saudi. What's going on? Oh, no, Yo, Nick, what's happening? He's not happy. He's no alcohol in, Sa- in Saudi. He's not happy at oh. all. <laughs> Sub to Nick, brother. He's, he wants some scoonies. Sub <laughs> a couple of scoonies. <laughs> hey, hey, Cam, Cam, oh. can, you ask Nick, no. can you ask Nick how stoked he is with that Celtics record? Oh, unbelievable. He said unbelievable. <laughs> How <laughs> good's Jason Tatum, eh? He, he said he still needs a skinny though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the lads. The lads are on fire. Oh, my lads. 
This is unreal. Can't believe I'm blushing here. Mate, look, before we let you go, before we let you go, have you had time to think about what you want to achieve this year? Uh, I want to... Catch the Mount Goldsaudi. Make sure you get the Mount Oh, classic. Uh, I, want to finish, I want to finish above Nick this year. Yeah, good Goal. man. <laughs> <laughs> you could you could do that easy. Get just fire him up, mate. Fire him up. Get him heated. <laughs> oh. Oh. We'll, we'll let you go, brother. You're a busy man. That was outstanding. You no made, made this interview. <laughs> yeah. Curious and Cam Nori running a muck in Saudi Arabia. I can imagine the headlines. Appreciate it, brother. Yeah. All right. Cheers, boys. Much much appreciated. Have a good one. Oh. How good was yeah. that? <laughs> Boys, just got interview bombed by Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> what? The, what's going on here? And all he, give me a schooner. Is I want some schooners and a couple of schoonies. Schoonies? No alcohol in Saudi Arabia, so he's blowing up. Not even, not even the Celtics record could cheer him up. There's no schoonies. <laughs> Oh, I'm a bit lost for words. Yeah, that's. Probably, I did not expect that. That's um, that's probably the funniest thing that's ever happened to me since I've been on here. <laughs> that is when he goes, "Is it someone that's got it wants to interrupt?" But this is like he's talking about Harry. I thought he was. I thought it was a parent or something. I thought, I thought oh, who's this? Nick Carrolls. <laughs> I mean, he's talking about the lifestyle being addicting, like. Because he's 14th in the world and he says he wants to finish above Nick. Like, you're travelling with all your colleagues, your competitors, and you know exactly where you are in the world. You, everybody can see you. It's a completely bizarre and transparent career to have, isn't it? Uh, th- those two played against each other too as juniors, so they've known each other for a long time. Um, you're, living in, you're living in each other's pockets week in, week out from tournament to tournament. So... You, yeah, you know, I think that's really refreshing that you can sit there in, in your downtime and just have a little bit of a chat because what we see on TV or what people see on telly isn't really, apart from the tennis, those those guys, you know what I mean? So having that <laughs> chat, that was like, you know, come over here and just have a, have a chat. And, and this the way that they threw that conversation out there. Mate, made my morning. That was great. Oh, man, I'd love to be a, uh, a piece of sand on that on that ground right now. I'm just, <laughs> just staring up and going, what's going on here? I can imagine the conversations. I can imagine the conversations. That was an unexpected and unprecedented for an interview. Yes, it was. Trust me, I'm I'm lost for words. It's, so he's, Those two hanging out is quite scary, to be honest. <laughs> for Cam Norrie, I thought Cam Norrie, well, he's a good little young kid. Uh-uh-uh. Nah. <laughs> hey, well, I tell you what, I, I knew that because, and big shout out to Rhett, who I play footy with. Yeah, shot, Rhett. And Rhett, I saw Rhett's performance on Silly Sunday from when we played our grand final. Not sleeping, it's not new for Rhett. 22 <laughs> minutes past 7 o'clock, so doesn't surprise me that Cam Norris knocking around with Nick Karyos looking for some scoonies in Saudi. Um, good luck, boys. That was, well, we need to go and have a little reset, I think. 22 minutes past 7 here with the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day.